Changing Lanes, the official podcast of BMW. Welcome to this episode of Changing Lanes, the official podcast of BMW. I'm Jonathan Tilley. And I'm Nikki Shields. And today on the podcast, we are diving headfirst into how BMW produces cars sustainably. Now, when you think about cars and sustainability, what's the first thing that you think of? Electric cars, right? Yeah, it is indeed. I think it's the first thing that everyone talks about, isn't yeah. it? When they're, t- when they're thinking sustainable vehicles, it's got to be electric. Most and definitely. hybrids, of yes. course, as well. Yes. Um, and I, But I also think there's a bit of a misconception because, mm. you know, with some car manufacturers, they're sort of you know, portfolio might only include maybe 5% electric cars and hybrids. So then I think there's a question about, oh, hang on a minute, does this car manufacturer really care about sustainability? Mm. But actually, it's not just whether you have electric cars or hybrid cars on the road. It's actually so much more than that. Exactly. Now, thinking back, you know, BMW was really a, an early mover with the i3 and the i8 and then you know crickets tumbleweeds nothing right and it took a while <laughs> it took a while until the next i cars were revealed for example the ix3 the ix and then the i4 but you know that doesn't mean that nothing was happening in the background in terms of sustainability actually on the contrary there was so much happening and even Oliver Zipsa BMW's chairman of the board of management he said that we're taking sustainability to a whole new level and that is so true yeah exactly it's you know as you say it's not just about the models that we're seeing coming to the roads today Mm. um it's actually so much more than that which is why in this rather special episode we're going to kind of pull back the curtain and give you guys a bit of a sneak peek into how bmw is really working behind the scenes to achieve more sustainable cars from start to finish um and actually the whole process is really multifaceted um it's really fascinating as well because it's incredible how many small steps are involved that Mm. actually of course contribute to the big goal of sustainability so it's really looking at the sort of granular detail in the production process of how we can make cars more sustainable it's not necessarily just about the locomotion that is used in that particular powertrain um You know, you can look at reducing CO2 emissions to recycling, to expanding hydrogen technology. There are lots of different ways to bring change about. And um, here's one for you. It also includes peanuts. Yes, it does. And we'll get to that (laughs) at the end. (laughs) Throw that one in there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're going to have a stick around to the end of the podcast to find out exactly what we mean by that. (laughs) Exactly. And exactly like you said, Nikki, you know, it's not just what we see on the road. E-car, sustainable, okay that's the beginning. Actually, there's so much more to it in in the front end. So BMW has already consistently set multiple standards in sustainability over the past decades. I mean, let that sink in. It's not just, oh, a new e-car is on the road right now. Now we're talking decades. So the focus right now is on reducing the CO2 emissions and increasing resource efficiency. So company-wide from administration and purchasing all the way to development and production and sales, the entire company, sustainability is imprinted in everything that BMW does. And that includes the goal of bringing, get ready for this, 7 million electrified vehicles to market by 2030 and reducing the CO2 emissions in the company's own production facilities by 80% worldwide. 
Wow. I mean, that's huge. Massive. Gosh, I mean, I knew that we were going to be seeing a lot more electrified vehicles, but to be bringing down the CO2 emissions by 80%, I yeah. mean, that's a that's a really impressive target to have. And it, again, it just goes back to showing how you've really got to in, get into the sort of the granular detail yep. of that production process totally. to be able to achieve those goals. And I think one of the things that BMW are really looking at is this closed loop economy, which is the real goal for the use of resources. And of course, Jonathan, there was the interview with Irene Feiger that was relevant to all of that. Oh, yes, most definitely. We we talked about uh, closed loop economy and also, you know, the year 2030 and why it's so important. So, you know, after listening to this episode, come and listen to the interview with Irene Feiger um, to learn more about that as well. Brilliant. Now, as well as having those goals, BMW has also set itself the goal of having the most sustainable supply chain in the entire industry. So another um, impressive uh, objective for the company. Um, But that's all fine and good to have these objectives. But how is this actually going to translate into ideas that we can kind of understand in our day to day life? Exactly. Exactly. You know, putting it on paper and just talking about concepts, that's one thing, but actually understanding how it works. That's what we're going to dive into right now. So All right, let's talk about sustainability materials for nature and also for people. So, you know, it's not just the supply chain that matters, but actually more importantly, it's how the people working in the supply chain are treated. It's it's just makes sense, right? So the chain, it doesn't begin with production in the BMW Group plants. It's not just that, but it actually begins. And if you think about it, It's the extraction of raw materials, because if you don't have those raw materials, you don't have a car, right? So you have to first and foremost, think about those raw materials. Now, the automaker is committed to ensuring that these are extracted under high environmental, high social and high governance aspects. So one example of this would be cobalt. Now, cobalt is vital for battery production, right? So BMW is the initiator of the cross industry campaign called cobalt for development. So what is cobalt for development? Well, this is committed to the responsible mining practices in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So this can include the management of mine sites and compliance with laws, human rights, health and safety, and most importantly, environmental management. So that's huge. You just think about cobalt, you're like, okay, yeah, that's that's important, but we don't really think about how we get that cobalt. And that's something that BMW is really focusing on. Another raw material to talk about is steel. So by participating in another initiative called Responsible Steel, BMW is also committed to sustainability rules that cover environmental and social standards throughout the value chain from the mine onwards. So right from the beginning, all the way to production, onto the road, steel is super important and is taken good care of. Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned, I think, two such important points there. It's not just about environmental management, it's also about the people that yeah. are involved in, you know, sourcing it. So that's just brilliant to hear that, you know, we're putting putting the people first um, when it comes to getting these resources. Most definitely. Now, let's talk about green power, because, of course, it's all very well that we're trying to access these resources. But how are we going to do it? Well, we need to use electricity from renewable sources. There's no point in using electricity from the grid that's using oil, because that kind of defeats the whole point. (laughs) Um, We need to make sure that the electricity is coming from uh, renewable sources. So it's nice and green and clean. And this, again, comes back to the whole sustainability supply chain. You know, it is from start to finish thinking of all the different elements. And one example, actually, when you produce aluminium, for example, now producing it is actually very energy 
intensive. It's brilliant though, because aluminium, it can be reused again and again. So it's actually a very sort of reusable material when it comes to car manufacturing. Um, but of course, that energy has got to come from renewable sources. Yeah. So there's a potential there. If you're using green energy, then you can reduce your CO2 emissions. Now, remarkably, the aluminium produced with solar energy covers almost half the annual requirements of the light metal foundry at the Landshut plant, which I think is really impressive that already we're seeing that kind of number, you know, 50% of the aluminium is being produced with renewable energy from light in the production of the electric models of the BMW iX and i4 in Dingolfing and Munich plants. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> In the Dingolfing and Munich plants, BMW relies on regional green electricity from hydropower. Ah. So there we go. We're using hydropower in the production of the iX and i4. Um, there's also another example, actually, at the Leipzig plant. You're using wind power to help meet the electricity needs. Um, and then, of course, in San Luis Potosi, Mexico, there are more solar panels there. Obviously, they enjoy lots more sun than we do. <laughs> and they provide their own share of the electricity needed for manufacturing. So that's just kind of a few examples of how we can really rely on renewable energy uh, in the supply chain at the moment. So it's mm. not just about producing environmentally friendly cars. It's about the overall production being environmentally friendly as well. It just makes sense, doesn't it, to think about production as well, because like I said before, we see the cars on the road and we think, oh, great, but there's so much more before it actually gets onto the road. And this is amazing to hear these these amazing resources that BMW is using. So, I mean, it's obvious nothing must be lost. And the keyword here is closed material loop recycling, right? You use something and then you bring it back and then it's recycled and you use it for something else. And so BMW, they've set the goal of establishing a closed and sustainable material cycle for battery cells. So an example would be the production of lithium ion battery cells. And it's to take place in a value chain that is as closed as possible from selection of sustainable materials and the composition of the battery cells to actually production and recycling. Now, this is huge, right? This is huge. And I even, like we said before, chatting with Irena Feige about the closed loop and and talking about the closed loop and lithium ion battery cells and everything. So check that out in episode number 49. Another thing that we spoke about and that I just hinted to a while back is about steel and recycling steel. You know, all the steel waste produced in the stamping plants when stamping out the doors all that steel is either reused via a direct material cycle or sent back to the steel producers via the steel trade and processed into new steel. Now, this is just crazy because when a car is done and it's in the junkyard, you have not only the steel, but you have the leather, leather interior, you have the plastics, you have all these things. So learning how you can recycle old cars and then putting it back into the system, it's something that we didn't think about 20, 30, 40 years ago. And now it's becoming the norm, which is so cool. You know, I think this is a really interesting point as well, because as more cars come off the road, you know, as more cars are being replaced by electric cars, we need to work mm. out what to do with all the old cars that are around. Exactly. So making sure that we, you know, we know where that steel can go and we know how it can be reused in, from old cars into new cars is going to be critical going forward. 
most definitely. And it's going to become standard or it is already becoming standard, which is which is awesome. That's the really good news. And, you know, with BMW working with its partners on processes for CO2 free steel production, CO2 emissions and the BMW Group steel supply chain, there should be around 2 million metric tons lower in 2030 than today. And that's huge. So remember, I said the year 2030, that's when there's going to be a huge cut off deadline that we all need to be working towards now. Because as of 2030, things are going to be changing drastically. So this yes. is really good news already nine years in advance. Yeah, it is brilliant. And actually, I think 2030 is a big um, date in everybody's mind yeah. because, you know, there are a lot of, particularly in Europe, a lot of countries all converting to having electric only new cars on the road by 2030. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting, though, that it's not, again, going back to it's not just the powertrain, it's the whole process. It's everything yeah. that's going on behind the scenes as well. Um, and you can really see how the supply chain is playing such a key part in producing mm. sustainable cars. Um, but then, of course, there's the cars themselves. What's going to happen to them? Because we've got e-cars now from around 2023. BMW will already have around a dozen fully electric models on the road. So, of course, wow. we talked about the i3 being the original with the i8 as the hybrid. Um, but in two years' time, there will be 12 fully electric models on the road. So, a huge selection, you know, massive change um, in the auto industry at the moment. Um, and BMW is clearly going broad, not just sticking to a niche. So that also includes cars powered by hydrogen technology or fuel cars. So e-cars includes electric, hydrogen technology or fuel cell cars. Um, now, there is also an example of that coming out very soon. It's going to be part of a small series of the BMW i Hydrogen Next. Ooh. Now, this is really exciting because everyone's talking about hydrogen being the next big thing. Um, so BMW are obviously one step ahead in bringing out um, this, this car that we'll be seeing very, very soon. Plus, the vehicles needed to produce the e cars are being targeted as well. More than 500 electrically powered logistics and production vehicles, as well as transport systems, are used at the BMW plant in Landshut, from tractors and sweepers to forklifts and electric trucks. So it's not just the cars that we're driving on our roads, it's the cars that are used to produce the cars that we drive on our roads. Something we <laughs> so don't always think about, you know, that's awesome. No, you really don't. Yeah. You know, you don't think about it when you walk into a, you know, a, a, a dealership to buy your car, you're not thinking about what's going on behind yeah. this scenes, but we really are um, thinking about sustainability from start to finish. But the final question, Jonathan, <laughs> I did mention peanuts at the beginning of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> What on earth do they have to do with an automaker's sustainability? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, all right. So let's talk about this. So uh, there are local operators in China's BMW Brilliance Automotive's battery center, right? And they take advantage yep. of the absolute perfect conditions for, you guessed it, peanuts and the open space around the plant for cultivation. So think about it. The weather's great. There's open space. It just makes sense and it goes hand in hand. It's not you, you don't think of an auto manufacturer and peanuts, but somehow they <laughs> found this innovative no, collaboration <laughs> and it just works. Right. So what's also great, they're not just harvesting peanuts, but also proceeds from the harvest. They benefit social infrastructure projects. I mean, 
After all, sustainability also starts on a small scale as well. Just because it's peanuts doesn't mean that it's, you know, null and void and it's something on the side. No, it sustainability can be from the tiniest thing from a tiny peanut all the way up to a new electric car on on the road, right? And I love how it just goes hands in hand. So, you know, it just goes to show that when you think creatively, you can even make an impact with, you guessed it, peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So the next time I have a packet of peanuts, I'll think to myself, these peanuts could have been produced right next to my BMW X5. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I mean, I just think the goals now when it comes to sustainability are so big and it's brilliant to see the progress that's already yeah. being made. So it's a very exciting time. I think we're, we're going through the biggest change that we've seen in the automotive industry when it comes to sustainability. And um, fingers crossed we'll be on track for those goals in 2030. Yeah, most definitely. Something that I always have to keep reminding myself after seeing a new model on the road and like I kept been kept saying the entire podcast episode, what you see on the road is just, you know, a small fraction of what really what happens behind the behind the scenes and knowing that, uh, like you said, you know, tractors and forklifts, that those are also part of the supply chain and part of keeping things sustainable. I don't know, mm-hmm. that gives me a good feeling to know that, you know, it's not just about the car, but it's also how the car is made. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you can sleep a bit easier as well. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Changing Lanes. If you have enjoyed this episode, do make sure you subscribe to our podcast so then you get updates on all future episodes. And to dive deeper into all things BMW, head on over to BMW.com to learn more. I'm Nikki Shields. And I'm Jonathan Tilley. And this has been Changing Lanes. See you next time. <laughs>